Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. It is November 8, 2019. We're here to talk SmackDown from the UK. We are joined by Mr. Warren Hayes. You can find him all over the place. You can find him at Mr. Warren Hayes. You can check out his Patreon. He's got a little bit of everything going on. And Warren, uh, I like shows like this because I can refer to you when there are things like an NXT UK invasion, because you covered a bit of that for us. Here yeah, quite a bit since, uh, yeah, over on Fightful Select and uh, when actually since the onset of the brand, I was uh, covering it every week while I was doing uh, stuff over on Fightful Select. But Sean, what's since I've been gone from Fightful Select, I don't quite know what's going on anymore. Do you want Why don't you let us know what's happening on Fightful Select? Well, since you left, it exploded in popularity. Not surprised. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying. Although, to be fair, the Wednesday and Friday shows have been some of our better received post shows. Like the Wednesday show, people really dig. Uh, not, not taking a shot at the Monday show or anything, but there's been exciting stuff happening on Fridays and Wednesdays. Not as much on Mondays lately. Me and, me and Denise gotta hunker down and anchor that show. Me and you can kinda just rely on WWE to do some interesting stuff here and there. That's not the case tonight. But it's always the case over at Fightful Select. You get two episodes of Alex Pawlowski's Sour Graps per week. You get my exclusive news reports that I'm posting up there all the time in a blog format. They come straight to you. Uh, I, I looked at last November's numbers compared to this. We have five times as many subscribers as we did this point last year. Uh, I can't tell you guys how happy that makes me. So, uh, thank all of you who, uh, who you, who, have committed to uh, subscribing over there. We've got a lot of cool stuff. The backstage report every week. I do bonus shows. Me and Warren just talked about a couple of retro reviews that we're planning. And I'm talking like real outside the box stuff for the retro reviews that you guys are going to see in the coming months. So fightfulselect.com, check it out. But if you want to support us directly on the live stream at youtube.com slash fightful, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Young Bibby's the first to chime in. He says, after Survivor Series, you think WWE will finally do the right thing and have Bailey feud with Carmella? They can't keep ignoring it any longer. I, I do, Warren, but I think it'll be like a transitional feud into something else to tide it over until Royal Rumble. I agree. Uh, you, you know, it's, a lot of us who are fans and who know about the Carmella and Bailey history are excited about this prospect. But between you, me, uh, uh, Young Bibby, 
not a lot of people know about the history between Carmella and Bailey. They can play it up on WWE, on SmackDown. They can, but it's it doesn't have as much gravitas as when we're talking about it. And we kind of like, yeah, there's a lot of sense to be made here. They're go- it's going to be a bit of a hard sell for the uh, main roster crowd. Takes a couple promos, a video package, stretch it out over three weeks, use that breaking ground footage, let people mm. realize that Baymella was a thing. And, and maybe people will care about it. I mean, that's the thing. You play into it a little bit. One of the things that I liked that, that they did with the Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton thing, they, they played into that long-term story that had been just, I, I don't want to say table, just gone for 10 years. Cody Rhodes and Sean Spears, they took one line, one throwaway line from a, a video where he just said he's a good hand. And they made it a full story. Like there, there are ways to do that, and I wish sure. they would. Leave a thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. We have Jeremy Lambert at Starcast right now. He is at Full Gear this weekend as well. We've got a ton of stuff up on the channel. We have a Darby Allen scrum. Did you see the headline that came out of that, Warren? Oh, slightly, Sean. Slightly, Sean. What a fantastic interview. I thought that was great. As soon as I heard that. The uh, slimy media member in me was like, nah. yeah. oh, you gotta get this one transcribed. You gotta post this one. <laughs> Been stirring it up all day on the social media, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. Stirring it up. I could tell. But, I mean, you know, for with good reason, too. Yeah. Media, I mean, media literacy is important. People are like... Why are these AEW guys always talking about WWE? And I was like, well, one, he was asked. But two, why not? I mean, and and you may, I mean, I was, this is what I had come to a conclusion about, and you actually pointed it out on Twitter. It Just because WWE decided to live in this bubble where any other type of wrestling doesn't exist does not mean that it is the right way to go about doing things, especially maybe when it's 1989 and there's four other stations that you could be watching and you don't even know that Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer exists. Maybe then you can pull it off. But in this day and age, it's actually backwards. To think that you can create this environment in which everyone else will be sheltered from everyone will be sheltered from everything else. It just it's impossible. And I much prefer Darby Allen going off and saying junk about WWE than just being, oh well, you know, it happened and just being evasive or just giving a poor answer. This at least is interesting. It is getting yeah. people talking, but it's not getting people talking for the right reasons. Had, had a lot of people saying that they should, you don't hear athletes talk like that. And I'm like, well, these are entertainers looking to say entertaining things, looking to get into the headlines. Darby Allen's, when, when he was asked, <laughs> when he was asked why he picked AEW over other places, he was like, man, WWE would probably have me jacking off in a boiler room somewhere. <laughs> and I thought it was a hilarious <laughs> line. I, what I didn't think was hilarious was him getting kind of standoffish at a guy asking him about, about Evolve in a rather self-congratulatory way. The guy was like, oh, we've worked with Evolve and done some interviews. And he, like, Darby kind of stared him down and was like, tell Evolve to fuck itself. And I was like, well, no context there. I don't know what that, that does. But the, the line about WWE I thought was funny. I thought it was, sure. and it made headlines. Now here's the thing. 
WWF and NWA went head-to-head all the time. I was watching a Jim Crockett interview, his first interview in decades, and he talked about how he went head-to-head with WWF all the time. WWF would set aside days of filming, hire Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan look-alike wrestlers. They would go get tanks and drive to Nitro. TNA went and got Abyss and had him take balloons to a commercial shoot for WWE. Like WWE would counter-program NWA pay-per-views with specials on the USA Network. Anyone who's thinking that this is dirty pool and it's never been seen before just has to uh, open up a couple of Wikipedia pages and you'll know what ha- what's happening. And this is just a natural extension and we should all be embracing it because it's making everyone interesting. And isn't that what we want as fans? That, that's the thing. I'm getting people that are being cared about that nobody gave a shit about. Like mm-hmm. they're – I've got people like that are being... Darby Allen. Let's be honest. Like there you Darby go. Allen. Darby Allen was killing himself on the indies. I watched him scale to the top of a building on a pole and launch himself off in San Antonio. You know how many people talked about it? Nobody. Nobody. They talked about this. They've been talking about him lately. I mean, TNA ran a stable called the Voodoo Ken Mafia. Why do you remember this stuff? <laughs> Soul Train Jones, who's in the news this week, was mm-hmm. named Virgil as a shot to Dusty Rhodes, then later Vincent as a shot at Vince McMahon, then later Shane as a shot at Shane McMahon. This stuff's been going on for decades, guys. There's no right, wrong way to do it. If WWE doesn't want their wrestlers doing it, that's their prerogative. If AEW wants to back off and say, hey guys, you guys are adults, that's fine too. And the criticism of it is accepted too. But context is important. Check it out. Also check out youtube.com slash fightful and just fightful in general. We got those scrums with Hangman Page. We have the scrum with Darby Allen. We have uh, a couple more up there as well. Colt Cabana is up there talking NBA power. Good stuff. Good stuff. When, when I start off with some regular talk at the beginning of the show, there's always one person that goes, is this a SmackDown review or what? And I'm like, well, did you watch SmackDown tonight? And do you want a 20 minute review? Sure, because we could we could do it. We but, could do you know, it. We could do you know. it, and we, me and Warren, could get the hell out of here by 10:30. And then at the same time, I want to justify my salary, so you know yeah, we're going to try to stretch point. it out a bit. So I'm going to group in this Baron Corbin promo with the match that happens, and we're covering it all right now. The whole match, the promo. All right. First off, this King Corbin mashup theme sucks, and so do all of them that, that they do like this. I don't know who, who WWE got to do this with the Kabuki Warriors and with him and with anybody else, but these suck ass. They need somebody else doing this. Well, has haven't there been rumors or has it been confirmed like the, the CFOs guys, they're gone, right, or something like that? And I kind of feel... I kind of feel that they're they haven't found their replacement yet. They haven't found the person to really come in and create new themes. Uh, and it, you know, I even extend it to uh, Buddy Murphy's weird change of theme from his from, from his two hundred five live one to the Elias. main roster. When I'm thinking uh, Elias, that's another great example. I'm wondering, like, if CFOs like if they have the some kind of rights to the songs and they're 
it, there's some kind of litigation going on that we're not aware of and that these these themes can be used because yeah no, these these are sloppy and they're bad there there's still some of their themes that are being used but man yeah th- there is like some sort of rights agreement they traditionally have with Jim Johnston but um I I wish CFOs would have written this promo that way WWE couldn't have used it um <laughs> I had somebody argue with me because I said this was a literal dog shit promo. He goes, no, it's figurative. And I'm like, no, me calling most of Baron Corbin's promos are figuratively dog shit because they suck. This was literally about dog shit. This is a dumbass promo. WWE's intended demographic is much younger than it actually is if you ever check the numbers. But... This was insulting to all demos. I don't know anybody over like the age of eight or nine who would have been like, oh, this is good stuff. He says, he puts over all the things that Roman Reigns has accomplished. Then he says that Roman Reigns' ball sack is shriveled or something like. Then he, he was like, oh, your bark is more like, and he brings up this 3D Roman Reigns logo that's like, ruff, ruff, ruff. The hell my, is going on here? My my eleven year old was sitting next to me during this for the start of the show, and when the uh, when the uh, Roman Reigns dog popped up, she says, "Oh, oh, is this is this guy? Is he is he learning to use After Effects?" That's exactly what she told me. My eleven year old, and then she left. She didn't watch the rest of the show. Um, no, it was stupid. It was juvenile. If anything, if there's any continuity to find here. Sean is that I think Baron Corbin was trying to feel make his adequate testicles feel a little more than adequate by making fun of Roman Reigns's re- referencing that promo from the uh, from the first SmackDown right with The Rock and Becky Lynch. Otherwise, but that I think I'm giving I think I'm getting giving the writers a little too much credit. Honestly, it was juvenile, it was stupid. It put the crowd to heat. Sean, they had to pipe in the heat. Did you notice that they piped in booze at the very end or at the tail end of his promo? And it was so obvious that it just dawned on me at some point. I'm like, a billion dollar company like WWE should be able to afford crowd noise that actually sounds like crowd noise and and not like someone pressing record on their boombox and sticking a microphone next to it. It was it was ridiculous. It was bad. It was bad. Um, yeah, it was just bad. Miserable, Warren. Miserable. Like, I don't know if they were going for the so bad it's good type of thing or what. Because, you know, there, there was always that, like, a typical heel thing where a heel is like, oh, I think this is very funny, but it's not. But this is beyond that because it wasn't even good TV. Because the thing is, that that's always kind of been Corbin. And it doesn't really work when he's done it for so long and he's had so many start and stop pushes. If it were a guy who's been like kind of heavily protected and it's like, God, this guy's annoying, but nobody can get to him. Nobody can shut him up. Corbin's always the guy that gets shut up. He's always the guy that gets shut up. Yep. And, uh, and look, I'll give, I'll give it, I'll give this one thing, one, one thing that I do appreciate. A tad, maybe a tad, a little bit of character development, or at least character continuity. I enjoyed Baron's motivations for picking a fight with Roman, 
NXT was here last week. They invaded. They did whatever they wanted. Where was our locker room leader? He wasn't here. It's time for a new leader. I'm the king. You're going to bow down to me. It was a power grab. Like, if, if effectively speaking, this was a locker room power grab orchestrated by Baron Corbin. And quite honestly, it fits perfectly within his character. That And, and to me, that's not the issue. The issue was just the whole execution of this segment was piss poor. And it fascinates me. And I know, you know, I try my best when we do the SmackDown recap to try and recap it in a bubble. But these days, it's so incredibly hard to not look at everything that's happening around the world of wrestling, even on Raw, which has up the up the quality of in-ring performances considerably over the past month to six weeks. And what's happening everywhere else, it boggles my mind that SmackDown, which is effectively the A show now, decides to begin not only with a promo, but with a shit one on top of that. And a long shit one. It boggles my mind because everywhere else, we're starting with matches. We're starting with great, uh, great entrances. We're starting with, we're always starting with something exciting that'll get you sucked in. And in, in, in this case, we got the air sucked out. That's not good. It, I don't remember a time since maybe the early part of the decade, and maybe not even then, because at least you had Cena then, where everything felt like such a mid-card. Every single thing mm-hmm. feels like such mm-hmm. a mid-card. Bray Wyatt just got his head stomped in 400 times at Hell in a Cell. He's the protected champion. He's facing Daniel Bryan, who lost to Rowan. And got his ass kicked a bunch there. Uh, oh my god. Roman Reigns just lost to Corbin. So like, where's he at? Everything feels so mid right now. You got Humberto Carrillo, like, still at the top. If you read the Raw spoilers, hate to spoil it for you guys. He's still in a match with the OC. Why? He's gotten beat by them like 10 times now. My God, like everything feels so mid right now. Well, this main event match felt mid, and it was very, very average. Very average. Rude and Ziggler come out almost right away after Roman Reigns plays the hits. Deep six by Corbin, that always looks good. But after the, the break, Ziggler and Rude interfere, and Corbin wins with a an end of days. Your, your thoughts on this match, Warren? Um... It was very much Roman and Baron Corbin doing everything that we have seen them done in the past. There was nothing here. There was no spark. There was nothing. It's it's incredible how not that long ago, during the King of the Ring tournament, we were praising Baron Corbin's work. And we're saying, by God, you know, when he when he's on fire, he's he's good. He's always adding something new. And and then today tonight we get the Baron Corbin that we loathed so much during the better part of 2018. He's back. And look, if this is the if this is the start of Baron Corbin in some kind of king's court and some kind of battle 
for the locker room that, I don't know, might translate to Survivor Series. Look, the point here is that if they're pushing forward with another Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns feud, I am not here for that. They're, that Now that, that is some high level tone deafness on their part. It didn't work when they pulled it off. Was it last year? I, I prefer to forget it. <laughs> and it's not going to work this time either. This was just there. This was just there. And here's the thing. I am to believe that Roman Reigns led this team to victory last week. Led a team full of baby faces to victory. They didn't even care enough to come help him. I get it. They had a match earlier, but they didn't care. Nobody cared. Well, right. that, that, that's the issue with all the baby faces ultimately, right? That they have no friends. That, and that's the thing. We're, I'm supposed to believe that an asshole like Baron Corbin gets along well with all these heels. But good guy Roman Reigns doesn't have anybody that will help him. All right, cool. Thanks for the consistency. I don't even have to have it. Let a heel come help Roman Reigns. It's happened before. Rusev did it before he turned babyface. Sure. Oh, my God. Big E thinks Xavier Woods is in jail. Also, he doesn't. <laughs> I love that. He's great. Um, besides the fact that he's a disgusting human, he's great. Um, yes. He doesn't want Charlotte Flair to beat New Day for the tag title reigns. Of course, this, along with a, another match tonight, were matches that were supposed to happen this last week, but didn't because of the Saudi Arabia travel situation. New Day ended up defeating the Revival to become tag team champions. Now, here's a question I have. And I'm pretty sure it can be easily answered by anybody who looks it up right now. New Day's last tag team title reign. Does that count as a reign for Kofi Kingston? Because he was WWE champion. I never saw him hold the title. I never saw him do anything. But of course, they probably still had the free bird rules. But right. did he count? Does that count right, as a title a reign? And if so, was he a double champion technically? And they didn't very much play it up, right? They did, if that, exactly. if that was the case. Look into it. Look into it. I'll do my Eddie Bravo. Look into it. <laughs> I love how much sense the revival matches make. Uh, Dash Wilder feigns an injury through the commercial. Kofi does a big dive and misses Trouble in Paradise. What I love is we didn't used to see a lot of teasing spots for the Trouble in Paradise. Here and there in the middle of the ring, maybe. But this one into the ropes is really good. And we know that that is a move that puts somebody out right yep. now. Like, that's it. Love the superplex into a splash by the Revival. But Big E broke it up. And I'll tell you what I'm digging. The elevated trouble in paradise. Right. Why, why not make some more use of that move that they have protected so heavily this year? I dug this. It could have been a little bit longer. could have been a lot of bit longer, honestly. But I, I like this. Yeah, I, I mean th this match was this match was fine. I thought the uh, um, uh, Kofi also hit an SOS, which was pic picture perfect. It was really really good. And uh, you know you brought up the uh, superplex and and the uh, the, uh, the the splash. Uh, Wilder Wilder just he just flies off with complete abandon. He literally looks like. Uh, Jimmy Snuka flying off the way he he puffs out his chest and puts his arms back. His, his form is fantastic. Um, no, I thought I thought this was uh, I thought this was fine. I thought I, I thought this was this was absolutely fine, and it's a good addition for Survivor Series as well. I think it's uh, you could have gone either way on this, really. Um, you know, with um, 
with either the revival or the new day. I don't think either one is an upgrade or a downgrade. They're both fantastic teams. I think people might be just a little more easily invested into it since the new day are going to be in there. Um, crowd favorites and whatnot. Uh, but, um, Kind of makes you wonder. I also like. I also like the uh, the uh, little nod to uh, to Randy Orton when the revival did the uh, the double team uh, draping DDT, and you know, it kind of makes you wonder what's what's up with the revival. But then again, we were all wondering just about a week ago what was up with Randy Orton, and he trolled us all. The revival they've been trolling quite a while as well. I, so. I would be shocked if they came back. I would be shocked. Everything yep. I've heard over the last year is that they care more about what happens to the division, and they're not necessarily financially motivated. They're creatively motivated. Randy Orton was creatively motivated, too, but a little bit more financially, as we found out. But right now, the Revival are the bell of the ball, so to speak, of a lot of people. Randy sure. Orton went to Vince McMahon to push for a stable with them. And Vince said, ah, not only no, but let's put you on different brands. Well, okay. Scott Dawson puts out there, Hey, Malcolm Bivens, why don't you come manage us? Well, that sounds like a winner. Then today, I don't know if you saw their scarf tweet to MJF. Yes. Yep. You want to talk about somebody they could make money with. Now, will they make $550,000 a year respectively with him? Hell, I don't know. Will they be more creatively satisfied with him? Yeah, I get the feeling so. Warren, how many main roster... And everybody's like, oh, it's not made roster. Well, until NXT gets paid what Raw and SmackDown does. Yeah, it is. How many main roster title runs did the Revival have prior to them asking for their release? Oh, zero. How many do they have now? Like three? 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 It's going to be an interesting five months for Scott Dawson, six months for Dash Wilder. It'd be very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, hey, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows got the famed Sting money. To hang around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Man, that's, that's, that's one to watch, man. And I, I like that Dawson and Wilder are kind of putting out there, Hey, we want to work with this person. We want to work with that person. It shows that they still give a shit about what they're doing. And I, and it, go ahead. And it's part of their appeal as far as the online community goes because. <clears throat> Look, these guys are not stupid. They know what they're doing, and they know they they know that with a, enough groundswell, enough support, they'll they'll be able to negotiate or whatever. They know they have a very very strong fan base wherever these guys end up. Of course, everyone's talking about AEW, but they could they literally yeah. can go anywhere. And like you said, they are going to be instant stars. You know what wherever I would ever they go. You know what I would love to see them do. What? Personally, I would love to see them leave WWE. And then, like, go to AEW, but work one set of NWA power tapings first. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like one set of NWA power tapings. That's I all think, I need. Honestly, I think that if that happens, I honestly think Jim Cornette retires after. I think he's like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm good. I've done it all. Thank you. Oh, man. I, I just think that would be such a good fit for them. Also, Absolutely. you know, we hear a lot about Xavier Woods being out for a while. This is just my opinion, not not any insight on this situation, but there, there's nothing that would keep him in the future when he's able to stand and walk effectively, make TV and be a, and like do some promos and stuff. Like, also, I got to be honest, 
Xavier Woods rolling around out there in a wheelchair would be very funny. Sure. I think he would find a way to make that very entertaining. Uh, I mean, did you see the Professor X outfit he had at the Comic-Con? <laughs> I, it was fantastic. I mean, oh. and it, he's having such a good time. Like, yeah. he's really, really having a good time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And sometimes I'm just I'm looking at it and I'm wondering, are you having too much of a good time, Austin Creed? Because probably some people in PR are going, God damn it, you're supposed to not you're supposed to be missing the ring. You're supposed to be missing competing. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of NWA power, and Kristen didn't send a super chat, but I want to bring this up. Who does Tim Storm look like? Ever since she mentioned it, she said he looks like a, a movie star that she can't pinpoint it's bothered me and i'm like well, who the hell is it because he's just got one of those faces man right he's got one of those right? faces man and it's kind of like anthony hopkins but it's not yeah. you know it's not quite that either a plus dude is tim storm he's a great guy i interviewed him uh when he was nwa champion and uh he was just a great guy Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro defeated Ali and Shorty G. This is fast and furious. It was so fast-paced that for some reason I thought it was a six-man tag initially. <laughs> I was. I was like, man, there's so many – because Brian was around and Zayn was around and like all all that stuff. I was like, okay, what's going on? And then Shorty G does that great belly-to-belly -belly suplex over the ropes. Uh, I'm not sure if WWE main roster suicide dives are coached to be this bad all the time, but they're executed. Like they get through the ropes. Okay. But there's always the nudge. You know what I mean by that? There's just, always the put your wrists out, cross armed and nudge the opponent into the thing. And oh. I, I'm sitting there wondering, why didn't you just go outside the ring and shove them into the barricade? Right. I don't get it. Cesaro has a really good showing here. Tilt a world backbreaker gets out of an ankle lock. Ali counters the Kinshasa with a super kick, but Zayn distracts and Nakamura wins. What do you think of the match? This was this is all right, I guess. Yeah, it was it was okay for what it was. Uh, Cesaro catches everything. That's his gimmick now. That should be his gimmick. He just catches everything. He caught 
uh, he, he caught uh, uh, Gable as he was uh, flying into him. He caught Ali off the top. Like, that's what Cesaro does. He just catches folks. Um, let's. T- I want to talk about Sami Zayn building a stable. Yeah, My I God. dig it. I dig it. I, I think this is fantastic. Bringing, like, you know, these this level of mid-card guys that the fans know that and love, right, that have the credibility, that have the, the, a past, and that fans want up on, been clamoring for main event. Cesaro needs his world title run. What the hell are they doing with Shinsuke Nakamura? That kind of people. Daniel Bryan fits so well in that environment for his entire history, right? Even though he's been a world champion, a WWE champion. Even despite that, it still works really, really well. And Zayn is leaning so well into it. Because now it's not only just a question of, we're artists. It's now, look what I can do for your career. Last week, Cesaro was in the main event. I put him there. Look at what happened to Shinsuke. He was wallowing. Now he is the first Asian to become Intercontinental Champion. That's all because of me. Zane the Brain, man. Sammy the Brain Zane. I can dig it. I can get behind this kind of stable. This is one that I really hope and wish it would grow. It probably won't. It'll probably stay a trio. WWE likes that kind of stuff, but I could see them adding so, uh, I could see them adding, uh, 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 EC3 to the stable. And that would be a natural, perfect fit. Yeah. Plus, he's a big guy. He, you know, he's, he, he'd stand out well in that, in, 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 within those four dudes. And I would, I, I would mean, send him over to SmackDown and say, hey, he was a part of that Brock Lesnar deal. Yeah. Yeah. You could there just you do go. that. Uh, you know how I could, you know why I appreciate Sami Zayn so much? Tell me. Do you know how many times I've been able to refer to, hey, you know one of those AEW front office guys, Chris Harrington, Fightful.com alumni, Matt Riddle, Fightful alumni, Shane Helms became a WWE producer. I, I fixed Shane Helms' career. Yes. Me, single-handedly, not any of his talent or knowledge or any of the expertise that he accrued over the years. No. Hashtag because of Fightful. Frank Trigg became a referee in the UFC. Spent some time at Fightful. I mean, my God, pal. My God, pal. Deanna Perrazzo wrote for us. Boom, Mm -hmm. signed. Signed. Damn. Joseph Farley donates and says, swear jar, poo poo, pee pee, poo poo. Thank you. you. Now backstage, Sami Zayn is talking to Daniel Bryan. He's like, you know, the guys were kind of upset you didn't come celebrate, which is so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) They really wish you would have came and had celebratory grape juice with all of us. Because it was delicious and you were rude for not doing it. Then the lights go out and the fiend appears. Now, first off, I want to say I'm all for Daniel Bryan and the fiend, but this was such a weird way to do it. Like it was not cinematic. It was not in the, the theme of the fiend. Also, I don't know if this got shown to the live crowd at all. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure myself. Wasn't in the spoilers. uh, Look, um, what was good here is that we're setting up Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend. I, ha- I have a pro and a con here. 
The pro is Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend. And uh, outside the fact that it's an interesting match and it's two great performers and it will deliver on a fantastic match, you have history. You can go back again. This is another one. We were talking about it earlier, that this is one that you could go dig back, get when uh, the Wyatt family and Daniel Bryan were feuding and Daniel Bryan joined the Wyatt family out of desperation. Well, what is he? He had a gauntlet match. Uh, and uh, I, the details are I, I'd do a documentary on it. I'd do a 25, 30-minute documentary on it. Because there's a lot of material there. And then he, he and then he turns on Bray, and, and they have their singles feud. This was – it was good. It was good storytelling, and it was – and it gave Brian something to do in the meantime as well. Uh, God knows uh, that's something that the audience wanted. So every – it just worked. So there's that history there that you can go get, and I think it's – I think it's a good – um, it's a good transition for the Fiend, Universal Champion Fiend, to have to go against Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, who doesn't it doesn't matter if he wins or loses, and it, it, it'll be a credible win for the Fiend. At the same time, I think it's it's good to solidify his title, uh, his, his status as a champion by beating someone like Daniel Bryan. I think that works. But the one thing that I didn't like here is that this is this. Two weeks now that The Fiend has won the Universal Championship, we haven't seen him with the belt. There hasn't been a celebration. There hasn't been Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse with the the belt on the wall. That may be backstage, but that's not the same thing. 50,000 people saw that. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, We haven't had time to celebrate. Uh, We haven't given – no, sorry. We haven't been given the opportunity – yeah. To celebrate Bray Wyatt being Universal Champion, it just hasn't happened for us as fans yet. And this is this bugs me just as much as it bugs me that the WWE hasn't given us closure on the Kofi Kingston run. Uh, this the fiend is Bray Wyatt over super over. They decide to strap the title on him in you know what could be argued a. Uh, a, a, a little jumping the gun type situation. And we don't have the opportunity to just sit there as fans and appreciate it and listen to Bray tell us, give us his twisted take on him winning the title and what he wants to do with it and what it represents. We we have nothing. We didn't even see the title in the attack. It's all, and in some instances, it's just classic WWE, but it's also disappointing. Sasha Banks defeated Nikki Cross. Bailey says that she and Sasha Banks made the NXT women's division. Sasha Banks hits us with a UC right out of the gate. Hate that. Hate it. It's good to see <laughs> Sasha back in the ring. Sure. Ba- Bailey is on commentary, and I love how consistent she is with her hatred of Corey Graves. Corey Graves is largely a heel commentator, and she's like, no, piss off, mate. Get over it. <laughs> Because no, it's true because it she he always shit on her. Yes, during her babyface run, it, you know he'd side with Alexa, you know, regardless. So it's not suddenly because she's a heel and he's starting to warm up to her that she's going to be like, yeah, yeah, no, we're buddies. No, dude, no, you've talked shit about me on national TV for years. No, 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 I I like it. I appreciate it. It goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So there's some good spots here. A Banks Meteora cross tornado DDT. My favorite spot was Sasha Banks doing like the Vader bomb double knees. Yeah, I, I just love that she does that. That, that. 
we don't see it a lot these days out of Nakamura in WWE, but it used to be like all of Nakamura's offense was predicated on the knee. I, mm-hmm. I love that. Love yep. that. And she she dug those knees right into Nikki Cross. Like they they dug right into her stomach. It was a good spot. Also, something – Sasha Banks gets one with the bank statement. That's very cool. Looks like the push for Nikki is over, but – that's fine. It was a placeholder for something. It's okay. She she was a title contender. I'm okay with that. Sasha Banks calling in a favor to her cousin Snoop Dogg. Switching up that theme for the heel run. I dig it, Warren. Yeah, and imagine next week when the lasers are going to be there. It's going to be even better. It's a good I, point. I, this is something that she needed. This is something that she needed. We didn't We didn't need to have the echoes of its boss time. Every time she comes out with yes. the with, with those opening bars, this is great, and it's a remix. And I was like, "Yep, the D O double G, not the Road Dog type, the or the uh, Snoop type." Uh, this was fantastic. I think it's great. Shayna Baszler attacks Bailey after the match. I thought that was good. They were able to integrate it a little bit, get Baszler on the show when they couldn't get a lot of other people on the show. Cool. Yeah. Yes, because Shayna's fantastic, and they have, and this is something that we need to mention. I like, the, of course, this was something that needed to happen. But Bailey, during her promo backstage, said, "Oh yeah, uh, talking about the promo that Shayna and Becky cut on 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 Monday." Said, "Oh yeah, you guys are going to keep an eye on me. Yeah, you damn right, you're going to keep an eye on yeah. me because you you don't know what to expect, kind of thing." So that was good. Um, Shayna coming out is fantastic. Keeping up the the NXT invasion thing. Um, we haven't got to it yet, but seeing that we did get NXT UK guys, well, let's go ahead and talk there. about it. Heavy Machinery were coming out for their match. New Day were still out there, and Imperium shows up. Heavy Machinery, Ali, Gable, Cruz, New Day, all run them off. I like the integration of that. Use what you got over there, and here it makes sense on a bunch of le- on a bunch of levels right Walter's the NXT UK champion and he's one of their main brand representatives right now Pete Dunne's over in NXT he's doing his thing over there right now he's uh, clearly ingrained so Walter's one of the big guys literally and figuratively right now in in, in the division so you bring him out Imperium unless you guys uh, don't watch NXT UK this you know the, you already know this uh Imperium is the is the stable that Walter has where he basically wants to bring uh, respectability back to wrestling, essentially. You know, he wants to focus on the sport. So I thought that the spot for them to run in and attack specifically heavy machinery when Otis coming down the ramp lifts up his shirt so we can see his tummy. I think it's fantastic. I mean, it even makes sense within the within the booking of the faction in and about itself. Now, since they were in the UK, it also makes me wonder, though, why didn't they lean heavier into the talent that they have there? Why didn't we see Tyler Bate? Why didn't we see a Trent Seven? Why didn't we see Ilya Dragunov? There's a whole bunch of people, and even people that we're familiar with, um, uh, you know, Mark Andrews, who's been on 205 Live and NXT, he's been all over the place. He could have popped in as well. There's a lot of NXT UK guys that could have been used there, but also NXT UK ladies. Kylie Ray coming out there would have got a huge pop. Could you imagine Piper Niven coming in here and starting smooshing women? The show she, needed that, that something. Would have been, the show needed, needed something. A, 
it needed a little a little spark there and the the UK fans were are hip to it they would have gotten it they would have known who these people are um and it just needed that little spark so as much as i like the imperium thing it, it because it, it and it also helps bridge the gap like even if it's NXT UK it's still NXT we could have used more of their stars it would have lightened up the crowd quite a bit and we could have got some UK females in there as well. I am in complete agreement. I don't think I could have said it any uh, better myself there. Imperium ended up getting run off. Ran off. Run off. Run oh, they could have been run off. I think that's what they say in, in Scotland. You well, got run off. They got R-U-N-N-O-F-T'd, as a wise man once said. Oh, Tyson Fury's out. And I thought I was done with him, but I knew he was going to be on the UK thing. They, they they needed to have him on there. I get it. He puts over the match with Strowman, but boy, did that match suck. It was bad. Fury and Strowman, who had their whole gimmick going on, Fury is like, ah, we should team in the future. And I'm like, shit, anything that prevents Fury from taking a bump, whatever. So Strowman, happy-go-lucky, he's thrilled. They beat up the B-team. I thought this was a very harmless use of Tyson Fury, all things considered. Uh, thank goodness for the B-team to have saved this segment, coming down and saying we're stupid enough to fight you. Uh, the B and B-team stands for fearless. And it just reminded us, just, you know, how great they have timing. They they get the comedy thing. Just let them drop these the these lines once in a while and they'll stay over and people people will enjoy them when they pop up and be, you know that was fine i also thought what was really really funny um is that um tyson fury was saying i've been traveling all over the world i fought i went to germany to fight uh, klitschko i went to america to fight deontay wilder you know talking about their home countries and i went to saudi arabia to fight braun Strowman. i'm like wait a minute braun Strowman's not from saudi arabia what are you talking about pal <laughs> shit he almost was by the end of that trip jesus <laughs> yeah he that almost was never a- got out of there <laughs> tag team match dana brooke and carmella defeated fire and desire to be added to the smackdown uh team at survivor series this was supposed to happen last week as well before the attack although no stakes had been announced now, I've long clamored for an opportunity for Dana Brooke, and she got that tonight. Unfortunately, I didn't think this was her best showing. There there were a couple things that I liked, uh, but the hot tag, which, let, let's be fair, outside of her abundance of matches, especially with Sarah Logan on main event, she hasn't really worked that particular offense, the, the bump and feed type of stuff, and I thought that was hit or miss. Uh, the Swanton was honestly probably the least impressive looking one I've seen her do, but <laughs> I like her doing the move. I'll tell you what I did like though. That spot on the apron where she flipped over Sonya and landed on her feet. That was cool. When she set up the Swanton though, she just threw Sonya in the ring. I mean, it would have made sense to have like Carmella super kicker upon hitting the ring or something like that and then do it, but. This was okay. I, I, the thing is, I want to see Dana get more opportunities. Just because there was one that was okay doesn't mean that I don't want to see her get more opportunities. I do. No, of course not. She, she's put in the work. She's not won a singles match on Raw or SmackDown since 2017, I think. Pretty sure. 
whew, I'm ready to see her do some stuff. Yeah, and uh, and and uh, this is something that WWE has to do. They have to build up more women. They have to build up more stars because otherwise you do end up with situations where it's like, okay, well, who's next? Who's next for our top women, especially Becky? And, uh, and, and one can argue Charlotte as well. You don't necessarily want to go to that well immediately anyway. But, but yes. And, and, and I think, uh, they've put enough time and effort into Dana to give her a shot as well. I agree this wasn't her best. Uh, when uh, she was uh, competing for the Elimination Chamber, though. I thought she had a couple of good showings uh, leading up to that. But, man, I mean, you know, you're put on television, you have a couple of matches, then you're taken off for five months, and then you're put back on. Of course, at some point, you're going to be like, well, okay, well, it's a little rusty here. Um, I'm going to tell you, I, um, you know, Mandy Rose usually gets a lot more offense than... She does than she did tonight, and I, I, I it bummed me out. I realized after I was like, "Huh, we didn't see any any of her knee strikes." You know, I was like, "Uh, oh, that's kind of a shame." However, Sonya Deville pulled out a rainmaker straight off the bat. It's Kazuchika Okada's birthday today. I don't know if that's a coincidence. Ah <laughs> oh, man, well it is full gear weekend. It is Starcast weekend. Jeremy Lambert has been working his ass off at StarCast and at AEW's Full Gear. Follow him at Jeremy Lambert 88 uh, We're going to just have a ton of content from there as well. But uh, I want to thank Carlos Toro and Robert DeFelice, who are also helping me with the news cycle this weekend. Uh, they, they really control that and run that while I'm able to chase down some stories. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, guys. I've got a ton of stuff up there. I'm always getting new stories. Uh, the way that we had things set up now really lets me go out and chase those, so... Uh, you all are going to want to follow those guys and see what they're up to. Warren, what are you up to this weekend? Well, it is full gear. Tomorrow morning on my uh, on my YouTube channel over on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, I'm going to be having a prediction show Ooh. for uh, for uh, full gear. That happens at 11 a.m. doing it live. Go subscribe. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And I do a bunch of stuff. I also have uh, a show there every Thursday. Uh, which I'll be doing Thursday, and then I'll be back on Wednesday right here for the Wednesday Night War show with uh, um, Sean and uh, the other guy. A couple other bits of notes that drop. Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard is confirmed for Hard to Kill. I love that oh. as a headliner, Warren. Oh, uh, look, listen, <laughs> as some memes go, look, listen. I, I hate when it. I when, that, that is a no-no for me. <laughs> Chael Sonnen, who I love. I love Chael Sonnen. He always does that. He goes, nah, nah, look, nah, listen. Kenny Florian, too. One of the people that showed me that it was possible for a guy that used to get punched in the face all the time to make a transition into broadcasting and d really paved the way for a lot of them, always. Uh, look, listen. And I'm like, what? Stop telling me how to use my senses. I'll make the decision. Which one? Which, am, yes. I, am I looking or am I listening? Tell me. Um, when Tessa's time, Tessa's time in Impact is drawing to a close, Sean. There's only so much they can do to hang on to this lady. She's she, she's a star, and she can be a main event star anywhere she goes. It makes sense for her to be up there challenging Callahan. They have the history. It works. It's there's a whole big storyline around it, and I'm all for it. 
But I mean, it, they're just way. I, I I don't know what I, I don't know what's going to keep her in impact once that's done. I really really don't. Right, 2020, as far as Tessa Blanchard goes, is going to be a constant watch. It's going to be really really exciting. If I'm them, I put the title on her whether she's leaving or not. Then oh, you for sure. then you forever have that footage to refer to. You forever. Get people going back to that video. You forever and, have people getting subscriptions to watch that again. And Impact, when you watch Impact on Twitch, during the commercials that they run, they they replay bits of matches from the past. Just this week, they ran uh, the old LAX guys, you know, Homicide and oh, yeah. um, uh, beating up. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> beating up Tyler Black. You know, so it's like they had this footage of WWE superstars back when they were jobbers and they're using it. I think it's fantastic. I had a conversation with somebody in Ring of Honor this week about how poorly Ring of Honor utilizes their digital library. And I'm like, almost everybody that is anybody is in that library at this point. There are a few exceptions. Like, only people who just started in WWE and never did anything else aren't in that library. We've got Kenny Omega and Seth Rollins talking shit to each other all the time. You know what ROH has? Footage of them plus Daniel Bryan in a ring at the same time facing each other. And Ring of Honor could just be like, hey, hey, you know what, guys? You all are talking an awful lot about this now, but... We thought that was a good idea in the last decade. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, we had this thing. We had this thing called Bullet Club, you know, and this guy that they're parading around these days in, in WWE, this guy, this this champion, they have Cole, Adam Cole. He was part of that Bullet Club thing, you know, with the, the, the Young Bucks, you know, who are on the other promotion, who <laughs> owned that other one. Man, I mean – that's the thing is everyone if you are a fan of mainstream wrestling these days there is a very strong chance that your favorites have a history with Ring of Honor and it is bananas that Ring of Honor is not capitalizing on it it's it, it's well it's cuckoo crazy is what it is Sean it's cuckoo crazy so guys I'll give you a final sell for Fightful Select Every Monday, I do the Backstage Report podcast. It has backstage news. Uh, it gives you stats, injuries, contract updates. That's the basic tier. One tier up, I put a lot of early access stuff like uh, the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, my SmackDown and Raw live blogs. You all can come in there, ask me questions during the show. Every other Wednesday, I put a Q&A show in there. Over 150 questions this week. About once a month. Myself and Warren, or myself and Zach, or myself and Alex Anderson, do a retro review. Me and Warren have some really cool ideas for those coming up. I'm very excited for those. Different approach here. Two times a week, Alex Palowski's hitting you with sour graps. Uh, Steven Jensen has the Weekender podcast. If you're like, hey, where's an NWA, a Ring of Honor, a New Japan, a UK, a 205 Live review? Head over there. Steven Jensen has you covered. We also have the list goes on. It's me and Jimmy Van. And our uh, listen, listen, your boy post show had some backstage news on the Randy Orton contract situation over there that not a lot of people have picked up on. Also, every month I do a dark match commentary. I find footage that WWE does not copyright strike me on. Hot diggity <laughs> darn. 
and I lay a commentary track over that. You get access to all those. There are dozens of those. You also get access to outtakes and behind-the-scenes footage, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, and, of course, all of our exclusive news before anybody else. And it comes straight to you, straight to your inbox or your phone, whatever the hell you want. Warren. Tell people where to follow you, which I mean, they could, they could go, well, my, my hand doesn't go all the way over into your screen, but they could go to your link tree, of course, but, but damn. Exactly. But you, you could go there or you could go directly to youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes and subscribe and you'll, you'll get all the extra videos that I do here that I do there when I'm not here doing videos with uh, Sean and Alex and uh, over on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. That's also a good spot. Thank you guys. This has been one of the biggest weeks in Fightful in, like like ever. We had a lot of exclusive news. We got people all over the place. Thank you guys so much for all the support you provide us. Thank you. Until next time, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.